Welcome to a new episode of the India Independent Films Podcast. This is Rahul Desai here. Uh, I'm a film critic for Film Companion. I have with me, uh, as usual, my friend and the main film critic, uh, Uday Bhatia. We are going to, as promised last week, we are back. We are going to be discussing uh, the new Hindi release <clears throat> that um, is in theatres right now. Uh, it's a new Anurag Kashyap film. It's called Dobara. Uh, it's a remake of the Spanish film called Mirage, which is streaming on Netflix in case you're interested. Uh, it's written by Nihit Bhave, who also, I believe, was behind Choked, which was Anurag Kashyap's previous film. Um, yeah. It's a time travel drama. Uh, were there a few words about the premise before we get no, into it? No, 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 you take it. You you did it really well in the review and this premise uh, is very complicated. My, you know, incidentally, my least favorite part of every review is having to talk about the premise. <laughs> And having to even fit in the story and somehow make it seem like it's part of the review because it's just, um, I was terrible in, uh, what do you call, uh, there was the summarization part in English grammar in school, right? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was terrible at it, like compressing like three paragraphs to three lines or one uh, paragraph, you know. So please go ahead and do this. I think this seems like a film right down your alley also. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm basically going to read out from your review only. Um, <laughs> I'm going to summarize your second and third para. Uh, so basically, this is a time travel story, um, uh, sort of. Um, uh, not really, but kind of. Uh, if we have two uh, parallel narratives going. The first, uh, which is what the film begins with, is in 1996. Uh, and um, Stormy Night and uh, uh, a young kid, uh, a, a teenager named Ane, he's, um, he witnesses a murder. Uh, he sees an argument uh, in, in the house next door from his window and he goes down to uh, investigate and uh, he finds a dead body on the floor and he's sort of uh, chased out by uh, the uh, man of the house played by uh, uh, Sashwatar Chatterjee and uh, in that um, sort of panic uh, he runs into the road and it's raining and a car hits him and he dies. Uh, that is one timeline. The next, uh, the, other, the other one which we then skip to is 25 years later, uh, the same house, uh, same neighborhood uh, except it's 2021. And uh, the uh, the new residents are uh, Antara, who's placed by Tapsi Pannu, her uh, husband Vikas, uh, and uh, their daughter. And they have moved into the house. And uh, by um, by chance, the old television set uh, that Ane used to record uh, uh, videos on um, is is still there. Play videos on uh, the like recorded home videos, and. Uh, Antara is um, turns that on one night and, and the old um, what looks like an old video uh, starts playing of Ane looking at the screen, except that they can talk to each other. Uh, and uh, because Antara has been told uh, Ane's story by a friend that, you know, this this happened these many years ago and there was a murder and uh, a young boy also died. Um, in uh, you know because he was on the scene uh, she warns the boy uh, not to uh, 
you know go out that night because it it is that night she recognizes it as as that that fateful night where he'll go out and die uh, so anya doesn't go out and uh, but antara finds her own life very changed when she wakes up the next morning mm. um so yeah so this is uh, this takes us uh, into about like i would say about half an hour 45 minutes of the film maybe a little more mm yeah yeah it's around half an hour into the film or so and uh, yeah and the rest of the film is basically uh antra uh, anay while he was young because he escaped his own death uh, how he goes about sort of uh, 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 the the that that crime scene that he stumbles on and at the same time it features antra's new life which is basically that she is now a doctor and not a nurse she does not have a husband she does not have a family she is uh, sort of independent doing very well in her career um but that antra still feels um she, because she she's woken up in this new alternate sort of timeline uh, she does feel the lack of a daughter the, because she was a mother in Uh, in the primary timeline she still feels like she's missing her daughter so it's basically about a cop who comes into the fray who is also played by Pavel Gulati who if you remember was paired with Tapsi Pannu in Thappad which was quite a nice uh, little pairing there um yeah so that's pretty much it and it's about a cop helping Antra through this entire alternate reality because she can't come to terms with the fact that she is in a new life and nobody is believing her and except this cop so so it's not much of a suspense in that on that level like we know very well and we are going to be discussing spoilers in this in this podcast because uh, it's been a couple of days and sure i mean uh, it's a time travel story so there are sort of um, <clears throat> a few deeper sort of uh, plot devices and plot points i'd like to discuss as well so uh, it's obviously no mystery that why the cop sort of believes her more than more than most others in her timeline and it's also it's an interesting sort of premise to take um in the sense i'm a, i'm sort of a time loop nut and and you know it, it's and we this is what tapsi second time loop film in the year after right. loop lapeta second remake basically um which was run lola run and loop lapeta which released on netflix which is streaming there uh, which was also very interesting for me and and this is the second one and uh, you know i i find it sort of interesting when when you know um when there are homegrown stories on based on sort of you know uh, uh, these these western time loop dramas because that cultural translation also amounts to a lot more than that because i did see parts of mirage uh, before i went about reviewing this film before i went about writing this film and uh, and there was sort of um, i mean it did feel like there was a lot of like uh, sort of um there were scene to scene sort of uh, remakes in this but there was also some very there were some very interesting decisions taken by anurag kashyap and neet bave who uh, uh, to to sort of adapt this into the indian version um i did read also i i mean you had a very interesting point to make about where the anurag kashyap is in this whole thing because it's a fairly functional film right it's not exactly a suspense drama it's a time loop it's a typical time loop story it does some interesting things in terms of the language of the genre because you know it's it's normally basically for me it was what when i tried to look deeper into the film uh, mm-hmm. beyond the surface i found that it was basically about like how sort of a time loop or time travel drama 
is not only a binary one just because you're unsatisfied with one timeline doesn't mean you're fully satisfied with the next timeline which is right. basically what happens to antra here as well because she wakes up and you think she has everything she wants which is she is not with that cheating husband of hers and she is also a very successful surgeon uh, but she does not have a daughter and that's a interesting decision because you know you're sort of waking up from one reality to another and you uh, uh, at the same time you're missing that one element that was also keeping you rooted in that narrative so um, so it's basically her pursuit of trying to find the perfect narrative in a way which i found interesting and which obviously there are a lot of sort of allegories for storytelling itself and which i even ended up writing about in my review uh, but on in terms of sort of um, in terms of what the film is trying to do and how successful it is um, i i sort of agree with you about how it was sort of missing and anurag kashyap just like his previous film choked as well like i mm-hmm. i find this part of his career very interesting because we are not seeing much of him especially in the last four or five years in fact for that matter even in manmarziya there wasn't much of him right and but that was sort of it came it it was a, in a very different uh, it, it was almost in a good way because you 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 right. think that he's sort of pivoting into a different sort of and i like filmmakers who are versatile it reminds me of spielberg's quote where he says that you cannot tell a spielberg film uh, by looking at it whereas you can tell a scorsese film or you can tell uh, uh, any of the other uh, people who you know who started making films along with him you can tell their distinct style but you can't tell a spielberg film when you look at it because he slips into uh, uh, the what the story demands and i found that very interesting that you know it is basically shape shifting it is versatile and i feel like anurag kashyap is trying to head to in that direction where you can't tell if it's an anurag kashyap film anymore but i'm not so sure it's working in his favor right now yeah well i uh, for in spielberg's case i've yeah, seen that interview maybe he's being a bit modest i think you probably yeah. can't tell a spielberg film but uh, i definitely would not have been able to guess that this was a kashyap film had it not like you know had it not been known from before and whatever if his names had not been in the credits and i'd known nothing about who the director was uh, if you'd given me like 10 guesses i would not have reached anurag kashyap mm. uh, that said i mean it's a very efficiently directed movie i think uh it's it has like some clever tricks and stuff like that uh and uh, i it's it's weird because and and the the three films that you mentioned his three latest films are not written by him and uh, that again is something that is uh, different from his earlier ones i don't i mean i think he's co-written or written by himself all his previous films before uh, manmarziya i may be wrong maybe there's one or two here or there but uh, i think the vast majority of them he's either co-written or written by himself uh, so in that sense this is uh, definitely a turn uh, you know towards a different direction as you said and uh, yeah i agree with you i think it worked uh, well in manmarziya because it didn't feel like his you know the, his attitude uh, or what we had got used to as a anurag kashyap attitude like it felt a lot um, i don't know I, I felt that it's a lot gentler a little sweeter a little like less nihilistic than he usually gets 
Yeah. And uh, there is, I, I think it's a, it makes a nice comparison, this film to some of his other, Dobara um, uh, to some of his earlier films, which we'll get to a little later. But yeah, Manmarzia felt a little different. And um, yeah, Choked did not work for me. I thought the it, that could have used a slightly like more acid satire and a harder edge which uh, you know a kashyap of 10 years ago would have brought to it and i thought it was a little bit like kind of i didn't seem very uh, biting uh, in its uh, you know in its worldview and uh, dobara also it's kind of dobara has a different sort of problem in the sense that it's sort of it feels a bit impersonal to me like i i couldn't uh, like I, it, it's just an efficiently done thriller, which I may or may not have seen if it had come on streaming. Uh, but uh, nothing really that kind of uh, pushed it, except the last ten or so minutes, which I thought were very surprising and really bring something to the film that I was not expecting because it doesn't end like a mystery even though it's a mystery through the whole thing it goes into a slightly different zone which i thought was very interesting uh, uh, uh rahul had you seen mirage before this like before uh, writing the uh, no, I, I wasn't aware of it either like i sort of just um, i just went through it like in bits and parts before i started writing the review of this film just to know how much uh, was translated, how much was adapted, and you know, if if I could sort of uh, put uh, put my finger on what the film is trying to say, because normally in the case of time travel dramas, uh, um, what tends to happen is you tend to enjoy it on a very superficial level without looking deeper into it. But I wanted to believe that there was something more, as you said, in the last 15 or 20 minutes, um, that meaning sort of came out, right? Like, but till mm. then... You're, you're, the film is trying to stay ahead of the viewer. Uh, you are trying to stay ahead of the film. It, it's it's till then it's very typically empty and and you know like um, sort of just flimsy fun basically uh, because <clears throat> it's not like we've seen a lot of Hindi films or mainstream Hindi films even uh, experiment with this particular genre. Uh, I find it nice that you know this year they've been two alone and very distinct in their own ways, um, mm. but. You know, as you said, like, I, I feel like it was very efficiently directed, sure. And it was, um, and, and you know, it has its moments, uh, um, at least like, uh, you know, like at least half of the film, I, I would say, uh, has been very loyal to the original. Uh, but um, I don't know, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. It's It's not like, the thing is, you come into films like this with certain expectations whether you like it or not right like it's first of all it's a different kind of film that you're mm -hmm. seeing in this particular space then it's Kashyap then it's you know then it's a very interesting part of his career where he's at so you wonder what you're going to uh, uh, you know be hit with and 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 in that sense you tend to be a little let down because it's there's there's not much beneath what you're really seeing because um, for me, my main problem with remakes of, say, time travel dramas or sci-fi stories is that when you're remaking a conceptual drama, you're basically giving away the originality immediately, right? So you can't credit the originality or the premise to the makers of Dubara. You have to give it to Mirage. Um, yeah. So then what exactly are you doing? You've not come up with the premise. Uh, you're 
purely more or less remaking it you're changing a few situations here and there like the title itself which is 212 if translated into english um which is because it happens at that particular time in the night um it, apart from those little gimmicks there's not really much in that sense so like uh, uh, i mean like i would like to and that's for me a very integral part of watching uh, time travel or time loop thrillers because um what the filmmaker or the writers are trying to say uh, is very important and i don't think that kashyap and you know his writer um try to make like i went deep into the film while writing the review because i wanted to believe that there was more to the surface also because also that's your job as a critic but i don't think kashyap engaged with it as much as you would imagine because sure i wanted to believe that you know there's one narrative there's another narrative but there's also a third narrative that's uh say not as nihilistic as one narrative and not as fairy taleish as the second narrative there's a middle ground basically in time travel dramas that characters can aspire to if they have the choice which is what the kind of message that this film uh wants to make uh because mm. you know Uh, um, because you don't see a lot of time travel dramas do the same thing for example if the kid survives means uh, all's well that ends well or happily ever after but that's not usually the case so i don't think kashyap engage entirely with the with the psychological aspect of that uh, drama for example like it's revealed obviously to nobody surprise that anai is the cop uh, pavel gulati plays mm. anai uh, mm. uh, and he's the inspector um, and then you obviously have an idea of what he went through all his life after surviving uh, after witnessing a murder but nobody was believing him just like nobody is believing antra in her present sort of uh, in her present uh, timeline and you tend to you get an idea of the mental toll it's taken on him but the way it comes out is sort of very shallow or gimmicky because it just comes out in that one little police station scene with the murderers right with with uh, sashwata's um, which ashwatha's character and and you know um, the the woman he eventually lives with right. because it is an extramarital sort of thing that's happened and the wife was murdered and it all went wrong and i found it a little clunky in that sense because first of all you're trying to humanize the murderers here because they were tragic lovers themselves uh, who were i didn't like the fact that the wife was this aggressive bengali woman who was who had a sort of uh, who had sort of a screw loose and that her death was her own sort of doing in a way and they almost they almost wanted to sort of us to forgive the people for sort of killing her or for being responsible for a murder but i like the fact that the third timeline when tapsi pannu sort of wakes up with her daughter uh, with her um, with her husband who still you know who who sort of uh, she's on the verge of divorcing that um, they still aim for some sort of punishment to the to the neighbors who who to the shashwata character who is responsible for the murder so in that sense on paper it, it all makes sense it's very neat but i think that i don't think that um, kashyap was as say intellectually invested in the material as um, you know as as we might have come across in the spanish original mm, i uh, you know when when kashyap is really cooking like when he's like totally on uh, song um, the, you know even his side characters forget even side characters like people who turn up in like one scene they they're given like something interesting to do or they come up with this great line 
or they just have a look about them that you can't forget and mm. when it works i mean it's just like you can think of so many examples like studied throughout his films just like people who turn up for a moment and you're like i wonder who that person is like what is their life and yeah, like it's just ugly, right In and, ugly, there were so many scenes like that. In, in ugly, there are so many, and I don't even like ugly. But yeah, so much ugly. from that was stuck, you know, in my head. And I think even like, I mean, you you get this sort of sense of life being lived around the story that is being told. He's so good at that, and hmm. uh, that was what I felt was missing out here. It all felt a little plastic and. Uh, hmm. Uh, and you know i also felt that it was a bit contrived the anair revelation at the end even though i thought uh, pavel gulati was very good and he kind of held it together as best as he uh, could uh, in that sense but um, yeah it's uh, i don't know it, it it did feel a bit contrived but i did like the sort of emotionality of the couple of the ending scenes the one where tapsi goes and seeks out uh, the inspector yeah. uh, once she's realized who he is i thought that, you know that was like a uh, that had like this sort of uh, it, it just gave it like it it took it from a mystery to something a little more heartfelt in the scene in which she sort of uh confronts her husband and tells her that she knows he's having an affair and yeah. just very gently kind of dismisses him from her life and that could have been a very different scene and i think ashap of 10 years ago uh, would have handled it very differently uh and uh, but this was uh, i i thought a very gentle scene of uh, you know impending divorce uh, separation and so i like those couple of like those two three scenes towards the end i thought those were kind of they they gave me something a little more uh like they made me invested right towards the end whereas i really wasn't too much uh through the film yeah what did you think of the setting like to base it on the outskirts of pune and you know uh the sort of um i mean just the sort of design because it's it's in a relatively sort of it's one of those developing gurgaon type areas uh, on the yeah. outskirts of pune yeah. and um, and you know like a bunch of row houses almost like a tim burton american suburb mm-hmm. thing happening um yeah what did you think of that setting because obviously it would have been a very different film if it were based in a big city or the kind of india we are familiar with in most of these thrillers and obviously here you needed a certain level of isolation in terms yeah, of yeah yeah the population yes. in terms of the narrative and um yeah so in that sense uh, i mean it was sort of culturally or like textually very um very distinct in a way and and it it, it is unlike um the kashyap we we tend to we, we might have associated with as you said like 10 years ago yeah i i i agree with you i think the the it was quite smart to probably put it in pune uh, because uh, we as hindi film viewers don't really have associations with that city uh, mm-hmm. filmic associations like you know if it was delhi bombay calcutta you know we already like have a certain idea that oh it's this kind of locality in these cities you know these things may or may not happen is it authentic would such a thing happen today what is it saying about the city but with pune it's a bit of a blank slate so that and that kind of works for the film i thought uh, 
is uh, about the uh, the 1996 setting i found it quite funny because it was to my mind a uh, rather spielbergian sort of world which yeah. it's uh, in as in the 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 you know the kid riding the bicycle uh, yeah. is sort of like the et kid which you know he has the hooded thing uh, and uh, there's that and then you know the tv is re- reminded me of poltergeist and uh, it, there's uh, a couple of more references they talk about terminator uh, yeah. quite a bit and they, he has a back to the future t-shirt uh, and uh, what i found quite funny was that this is this film is actually uh, you know if if people uh, abroad looked up the dates of all these things that are being cited they'll be like you know but these are all much before 1996 why are these being uh, cited but by uh, by indian standards those would still be very much being talked about like even 4 5 years later because things used to come uh, much later to india out there and they used to you know our, uh, tv channels would pick them up late and stuff like that so terminator 2 in 1996 was still a very big hit even though it released in 1991 uh, and uh, people would still be watching it on their films and it would still be the cool thing and et would be probably seen you know by a large number of people for the first time when cable channels would have shown it because uh, a very limited number would have shown when it released in india back in the 80s so uh, that I think that setting was kind of uh, amusing to me, but also not inaccurate. Though again, it uh, it uh, felt like someone's nostalgia, but not Kashyap's. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's uh, Nihid Bhave's uh, childhood memories, uh, but uh, it did not feel like Kashyap's. And uh, the score, I thought again was probably a, 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 in in my mind first I thought it was like a. Um, tribute to 80s like synth scores of that time then i heard like a very similar sort of motif to the stranger things uh, title and i figured that actually a lot of the nostalgia of stranger things for that time has just been kind of put out here like replaced out here which was uh, a bit uh, a little bit disappointing when i realized that that might be like the source mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for I, <clears throat> I haven't still watched Stranger Things, but I I do get where you're coming from because it it did feel like, um, I mean, there were you know as with most catch-up films, there's going to be a handful of uh, sort of film references or homages or you know uh, not a lot. I mean, they didn't feel like empty tributes here. That just because it's a time travel film, you're talking about like or you're you're having like these these. Uh, uh, back to the Future T-shirt or or mm-hmm. something or a Terminator poster. Yeah, I mean it didn't entirely feel hollow, as you said. Very good point about how things in India used to be big for a while, and it came. I mean, we were always like belatedly riding the uh, hype bandwagon, especially uh, uh, you know through our childhood. For example, Michael Jackson was massive till like uh, the mid two thousands in in India, and it's just it, through the nineties. Even though a lot of his hits happened in the eighties. So, I mean, in that sense, yeah, uh, it did feel like also uh, because it's a genre film that you have to have a certain level of um, almost sort of, um, uh, you know, world within a world thing happening, which is which is obviously and obviously with that cycle sequence in the beginning with the kid riding a cycle and all, it was very obvious uh, that they were going for a certain tone. 
um but you know again like when and as you said very rightly that that entire life happening on the fringes thing didn't happen like and that's what i gathered out of watching whatever little i did of mirage that they have stuck because mirage is a very suburban spanish film um mm. it's it's sort of you know <clears throat> i think it's barcelona i'm not sure or madrid one of them but uh, it is a very sort of big city thing and um, it, it is uh, one of those things where the environment or the setting is incidental to the premise itself or to the characters themselves uh, who are navigating their way through this very bizarre situation um i i, I did feel like um, that the you know in that sense they adapted a lot of it without adding too much or without infusing uh, quote and quote an indian flavor i don't know how that might have come across here because you're talking about the outskirts of pune in 96 and then 2021 Uh, all we see is the difference is that a hospital that was being built in 96 has come up finally in 2021 which more or less tells the story of that region itself uh, but you know in that sense as you said there are not too many memorable characters or dialogues there were few side characters that had a potential of being something like the sukant goel character who plays abhishek yeah. um, you know who's a pretty good actor in whatever bit roles we've seen of him uh, even in sandeep or pinky farar uh, if you remember yeah. uh, he yeah. was and um, you know that's the thing like he just had a couple of scenes it felt a little abrupt when the tapsi pannu character in the alternate timeline in 2021 as a doctor randomly just ends up at his cafe that he's running uh, uh, where otherwise he's a pilot in 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 an in the original sort of timeline uh, and he's running a cafe and Uh, she just sort of ends up there so it feels like almost like a few things were lost in translation or lost in the edit because after a while i feel like the film got a little tired of explaining uh, or of sort of staging tapsi's character antra as this person who's repetitively uh, questioning her environment saying why is nobody believing me uh, why am i in this situation uh, who do i need to track down i need to track down anay i need to track down uh the i need to do it before 2 12 am uh so that i can then you know find my way back to my child uh, and that entire child thing doesn't hit home till the last 20 minutes so it keeps it re- or last 15 minutes of that matter it keeps it till really late and uh given that you mentioned the last 15 minutes it, the rhythm that they used in that last 15 minutes where she wakes up finally in the swimming pool and thinks she is back to her original life but then realizes it's actually a third narrative where um where uh, the guy the sashwata character has gotten away with the murder is still gotten away with the murder and uh, that uh, anai might be alive um I-, i felt like that entire portion had that rhythm of the last um, 10 minutes of inception uh, last right. 10 or 10 right. minutes of inception. yeah, yeah. you're right i didn't think yeah. of that where time where the the hanzemer's time sort of plays and he wakes up in the plane and it goes on right till the end of the film so mm-hmm. i feel like they they're very clear references to the masters of this particular genre who or who peop, or two directors who have been very no, you know sort of noted for experimenting with time narratives or experimenting with time as a concept itself um and i found that interesting that they did that in the end because that's what got me back into the film before it was too late uh, e- even though uh, it was really sort of um, on the verge of collapsing when you see 
um, the the emotion there's an emotional hook before that where Antra has to uh, confront uh, Anai and then realizing that they are partners in they are romantic partners in this current timeline and he hasn't told her throughout. I mean that yeah. is suspension of disbelief to a very high level because he he's basically been helping her with the investigation, not telling her that they are together. And we've seen that device used in many movies, but it yeah. just came across as a little weird and fake in this one because that scene where they finally admit to each other in the in when it's raining, when she finally just ra- randomly goes to him and then he becomes emotional. And then she does a very inception thing where she's like, okay, I'm going to die now so that you can now save me because I saved you in the first one. Um, I, I thought that wasn't entirely convincing, you know. It, it felt like it felt like the it felt like the makers were very familiar with Mirage and they forgot to explain a few things, a few nuts and bolts uh, in the narrative to sort of take us from one point to another in this narrative. So I, I felt like those things could have done with a little more fine-tuning because those are so important in building up your rhythm or your reading of the emotional sort of um, resolution of the film where Antra and Anaya are basically co-protagonists in the film uh, and it's just that we are seeing them unite in the third narrative on their own terms. Before that, it was on one term or another. Uh, Mm. But a lot of that, I, I felt, could have been handled a little more deftly I'm not sure if it can it stems from the flaws of the original itself. Uh, but again, if if you're going to attribute a lot of stems to the to uh, of Dobara to the original, then you may as well attribute this where they could have corrected a few things to maybe make it a little more um, coherent or a little more lively and energetic uh, uh, in the translation. Yeah, I frankly didn't. I stopped looking at it too closely after a while because. Uh, I, I I don't I mean I it, it doesn't uh, sort of hold together completely uh, mm. uh, and you kind of just have to go with it after a while I was fine going with it and I I, I don't mind the general uh, thing of it I don't think it comes apart but yeah there's uh, a lot of joins that are a little bit uh, hopeful like not not exactly uh, watertight uh, in the film. Uh, I, I did like one little thing that they kind of seem to be playing around with uh, meta casting quite interestingly, especially the the uh, the four um, male characters. Um, uh, uh, the actors playing them have all uh, kind of their most famous role is all for playing like either an abusive uh, person or a dangerous person. If you think of Pavel Gulati. Uh, in uh, in Thappad, uh, Rahul Bhatt in in Anurag Kashyap's Ugly, uh, where he's mm. the uh, irresponsible dad, and Sashwata of course uh, in Kahani as as the killer, and uh, Sukant Koel uh, in Sandeep or Pinky Farrar uh, as that very scary um, yeah. uh, bank manager in that scene, and. May this may just be a case of you know using the audience's associations with all four of these people as people you can't really trust, uh, and then kind of throwing Tapsi into a narrative with all four of them, and you know us having to figure out you know are are they all playing her? Can she trust any of them? Mm. 
Yeah, that's actually very interesting because yeah, all four of them we've seen in sort of greyish lights in some very notable titles as well. And <clears throat> putting Tapsi is in between the wolves, uh, so to say, and then sort of, um, sort of almost because in a way, even Pavel Gulati's character is being a bit of a sociopath in in the alternate timeline here. Um, yeah. You know, that's... basically not telling your girlfriend who's woken up with uh, a, a sort of a condition, a psychological condition, and then leading her down a certain path so that you can find out the truth about your own life. I felt like this, I felt like the writing or the filmmaking could have gone into the mental health aspect a little more in terms of what the consequences of using time travel in a narrative is. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's a fictional device, right? It doesn't actually exist. But... Um, when you're actually changing, when that entire butterfly effect happens in a narrative, the filmmakers are basically saying that, okay, a bunch of lives have been changed in this small little incident changing. Uh, But they don't really often explore the consequences of, say, a cumulative effect on a character's brain or on a human's brain. Like, And they had the chance to do that here with Pavel Gulati's character because Anai survived that and lived and you think that is the end of the story and that is a happily ever after but he actually suffered a lot of trauma after that because he was banished from civilization in a way with his mother for for being the way he is and for insisting that a murder happened there and for talking about this tv set where he saw a woman from the future and i found that that premise itself is doing some very interesting things about our perception of time travel as a genre and how real and unreal it is at the same time. Um, but I feel like the writing sort of missed a trick to explore that um, to, um, you know, um, a slightly higher degree. Because all we see is basically Anai just revealing that, okay, sure, he knew all, all, all along who Tapsi was. And that they were been together, but he needed to prove himself right because he's been uh, proved to be a fraud for so long. How did he become a cop or how he waited outside a hospital for so many years to see her again. You didn't feel the heft of that. You know, you didn't feel the heft of a character, a tragic character like Anay waiting, um, almost deluded, trying to prove himself right, because he's on the verge of insanity, right? Like, right. better word. And, and yeah. he becomes an inspector. And how it turned out well for him, despite being labeled a crazy person, um, you know, you don't see a lot of that. You All you see are flashbacks of him waiting outside the hospital, waiting for this character, and then um, accidentally falling in love with the character that he's supposed to use to get to his own coming-of-age sort of reckoning or to, to prove himself right. He's supposed to use her as a device, but he falls in love with her. A lot of this is only sort of revealed in voiceover. You don't really feel it. And you don't really feel the accumulation of his damage also psychologically uh, until it's actually spelt out verbatim, uh, where he actually tells her what he went through, or where he actually tells the Shashwata character how he's been waiting for so long for this day to be proved right. Um, I felt like the writing did miss a trick there, because that's, you're basically telling two different stories, and you're connecting it, and the connecting isn't fine, and the connecting is too narrow, and you're basically trying to sell the audience the idea that um, if this didn't happen, then this would have happened. But even what this would have happened, uh, there are consequences of it happening. And uh, I just felt like the filmmakers maybe did not entirely understand um, the value of um, 
you know the value of the opportunity they had to say something new about time travel rather than use the same time tried and tested tropes of one character changing the past and changing the future sort of accidentally yeah i nay i completely agree with that i've um, yeah i i think it they they could have thought it through more it feels a bit like a kind of like a, a an assignment uh, like mm. someone saying that you know someone saying okay there's this project and i'm just going to do this but uh, like i'm i'm not going to put like 100% of my being into it which is mm, fine yeah. we you know those films are also i mean uh, uh, you know watchable and you know if they're reasonably well made like this one is then uh, th- that's not a problem won't complain against reasonably well made films coming yeah. from uh, from hindi cinema in 2022 uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, uh, just a bit on uh, the you know a bit on the shallow side or at least on the surface sort of uh, uh, rather than finding any real depth uh, mm-hmm. what do you think of tapsi because it's it's um, we we mm. weren't you know we were uh, quite harsh on uh, shabash mittu uh, but uh, i think uh, she's a lot better out here and uh, uh, it's uh, i mean it's, it's when you land up with a good director um, you know it it, mm. it works a lot better and i think she is one actor who really does benefit from having a better director director at least in in uh, control of their craft like even loop lapeta was in control of its craft and what it was saying and uh, that's the case here also but it was not the case in in shabash mittu and the runner film whose name i forgotten yeah. and uh, she's quite watchable out here i think but without at least for me not making like any great impression uh, but uh, it does does what you know what the film needs you know i'm i'm still not entirely convinced about tapsi um like of course she's better than her previous film and um, profits from a good director a director who's known to bring out like some great performances um from actors who aren't associated with that kind of investment in a role uh, but tapsi has obviously been choosing some very interesting scripts been swinging for the fences with a few been taking the safe route with a few others um the problem with this role i'd say is that you can't tell the difference between the tapsi who's compromised in life which is basically the first time we see her character in 2021 who is with a cheating husband who suspects there's something wrong uh, who's on the verge of like they are giving their marriage a second chance but it's not really happening the mother tapsi and the doctor tapsi in this in the alternate timeline where she um is going around wondering what the heck is happening so there's not much of a difference in that sense of course i get that it's the same character who's woken up in a different reality and she's yeah. trying to make sense of it but even in that sense it the, the thing is where i felt like uh, this film translated from mirage and i noticed it in this in mirage is that the um, the original woman with her husband had actually uh thinking uh, that she was in a very good marriage uh, mm. and she adored her husband and she did not suspect he was cheating on her um mm. and the husband was played by you know that very famous actor who plays the professor in 
in um, money heist and and you know and he is that sort of character you know you don't know you know it's sort of a two faced thing happening and she doesn't know it so when she actually comes to terms with it towards the end of the film you can feel her breaking down realizing mm. that she has to shed one sort of delusion she had about her life to embrace a more independent and courageous part of herself you're mm. right from the beginning you're seeing this tapsi character play a very tapsi sort of persona saying that i am almost defiant and i know this marriage is not going to work tapsi has this very stock expression of this sad smiley uh, which she uses, <laughs> which she overuses with a lot of uh, her role she does where she is like okay i know you fucked up but you know uh, and i know i'm i'm going to confront you with a smile i'm going to kill you with a smile and i'm i'm strong i'm a strong woman that's why i'm smiling it's almost written on her face with a lot of roles she does and i feel like there's not enough nuance in that like she hasn't enough given um, there, there's not a lot of distinction between um, the wife we see here and the independent character that we see uh, trying to go back to the mother she is and uh, even the way she breaks up with her husband towards the end of the film is very similar from her attitude is very similar to her attitude in the beginning of the film where she smells something on his clothes or she she sees something that he has and she suspects he's having an affair she just gives this very this smile of resignation right which she does a lot right. and uh, that same smile she gives even towards the end of the film where she has this nice little punchline saying that you know in whatever life you will you will still be a husband who is unsatisfied uh, because he's the same way because the joke is that he's he's the same sort of cheating husband even in the alternate timeline when he's married to someone else um I, I, and that i don't think there's enough nuance that uh, you see between those two antras um and that is that sometimes works to our advantage in say a film like loop lapeta because there's a continuity to that film where that character is going through three different possibilities to rescue the man she loves mm. uh, but but here i feel like there's a sort of emotional core that she retains across the roles which does not come across as authentic or genuine enough that said you know it's a very watchable performance of course just like the film but i feel like there could have been more uh, maybe with the kind of sort of um balance she brought to the role or the kind of uh, the, the kind of character uh, or the, maybe it was the way it was written for that matter because uh, there's not a lot of difference between um the the language of the characters towards the beginning and the end of the film so the transformation of the rings as a little hollow even when she approaches when she finds the cop towards the end of the film when she finds anai looking for her, uh, looking for him uh, you don't feel like a lot has changed from the beginning of the film Hmm. I don't know. It it could be something as simple as being spread like really thin. Uh, because on the one hand, she's done something fairly unique. I think in the last few years, in the sense that I don't remember a a, a female actor having so many films in which she is the sole uh, star or uh, at least the biggest star in the film. Yeah. uh i i don't I, i i just cannot think of any actor 
female who has done that in recent times in in hindi cinema recent times or like before it's always like there is a you know the i i cannot remember like such a so many titles over the last 3 mm. 3 or so years in which she's done that which is quite amazing it speaks a lot about uh where she is that she can consistently you know uh, you know choose scripts that have her at the center of the film and it you know it speaks of her position in the industry so that is something quite amazing which she has done which is this thing but uh, again she's had four films this year uh, she's had yeah. three films last year 2020 was better it just had thappad and uh, then 2019 again was four films 2018 was five films apparently and uh, it just might be a case of stretching you know spreading yourself too thin i mean uh, you do that much work and you just run out of you know moves like you know you and i know this like you know if you write a bunch and mm. like say you're like have a three review week or four review week by the third or fourth review you're you're just out of tricks like yeah. it, it just you have to really push yourself to be able to come up with and i'm guessing you know for actors it's even tougher uh, because of you know all the constraints and you know it, it I, i mean far from me to like tell tapsi pannu how to uh, <laughs> manage her career but um, it it might just be that you know the volume is so much that it it might be a little tough to come up with uh, a newer and newer uh you know acting moves when you're just doing a lot no I because she's obviously actually. someone who is putting some thought into what she's choosing these are yeah, yeah. Uh, you know she's she's not doing the big studio films she's not doing the multi starers she's definitely not doing the girlfriend roles uh, so there is that level of discernment that you know i want to do something different Uh, mm. and uh, you know maybe that you know th- mm. if that reflects more in the performances also that would be that would be fantastic yeah no th- that's the thing about her like uh, you know uh, <clears throat> she is walking the talk and um, you know she's also come up the hard way she's done those girlfriend roles she's done those multi starring comedies which are very forgettable um she's been an outsider and that is a big word these days for some reason um but um, you know she, she and, and now she's in a position to walk the talk and she's been doing it like you know irrespective of the quality of the films that have been coming out she's been doing the kind of solo roles that a lot of actresses aspire to do at the beginning of the career when they join the film industry these days and a lot has changed as we know in the last 10 or 12 years thanks to stars like vidya balan or kangana ranaut to an extent in the beginning um uh, even you know even the others have laid that foundation and tapsi is really sort of taking it forward and profiting from it also in a way and doing a very sort of um, very thorough job of like doing the kind of thing she believes in and doing and that prolis uh, that prolificity that she is in the midst of currently um, as you said you know it works two ways one is your default level becomes better uh, because you know you have this muscle memory thing going as with writers as with anyone as with any kind of artist uh, the more you do the more experience you become and the better you become at your very default baseline level but the second thing is that then all your performances or all your work start to sort of morph into each other 
and there's nothing extraordinary but there's nothing bad at the same time right and yeah. you have to choose what kind of artist you want to be or you're the consequence of the amount of work you do because then you have certain go to um sort of crutch phrases when you're writing you have uh, crutch expressions when you're acting and i see a lot of that with tapsi these days mm-hmm. uh, irrespective of the role she's doing so the, you know that's both good and bad because that could have not existed in a way um i I'd, i'd believe she choose this alternate timeline any day of her career but uh, <laughs> but at the same time i feel like um i'm pretty sure even she knows that that spreading herself thin is also does also mean that you know um you can't phone it in most of the time but at the same time you cannot give it your absolute best and that middling sort of level uh, which is not to say she's not good but how good can you be especially in roles where you're the lead most of the time as a female actor um you tend to see it more like with with someone like vidya balan doing it once in two years um yeah tend to see that really um really sort of uh, drip from the screen in the kind of investment she's put in that character or in the kind of understanding of that character um but with tapsi at a certain point it does feel like it's part of an entire phase of her career um i'm not sure what it say how we'll look at it in hindsight because we are currently in the middle of that um but it's nice it's, it's nice that her career exists right now and it's the kind of work or the kind of script she's choosing i'm a bigger fan of than the kind of acting she's doing yeah and, um and and that's that's a good thing also in a way i just as you said i just feel like i hope it sort of reflects in the kind of because manmarji has the only performance i can think of in the recent past where i felt like tapsi is really swung for the fences and connected yeah and um, and it's also the kind of film that anurag's done where he's also swung for the fences and it's it's a very different sort of love story it's a sort of small town volatile love story that subverts the tropes of a love story so i feel like tapsi really um it all channeled a lot of her strengths without being repetitive when i haven't seen any of it since then it was one of my favorite performances male or female of that particular year but um, since then even though she's done so many solos um i i don't see myself like putting her on top of the pile uh, despite sort of her being the definitive sort of um uh, star of this generation uh yeah that's exactly my feelings but uh, i think there is still uh, you know a lot of potential i don't even know if potential is the correct word because she's obviously having a very successful phase so i mean uh, i it's not like she hasn't achieved uh, like a lot already uh, but i think as an actor also i think uh you know i i feel like she can explore a lot more just from a craft point of view rather than like a career point of view or a, 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 like a choosing uh, smart scripts which she is obviously which she can uh, so yeah i think that that is there and I, I, it it comes with directors who can push you obviously i don't think kashyap pushed her or himself much in dobara but in manmarzia he did and that was a great performance i i hope she works with vishal who's great with actors dibakar who's great with actors and uh, you know things can happen there yeah uh, absolutely uh, one thing before we sort of <clears throat> and the dobara podcast what did you think about the way they use music in this film because that was for me 
uh, one of the most grating parts of the film especially because it's a hindi film being you know translated from a spanish original so you feel like you're indebted to almost using music and i felt like they were lacking a certain emotional arc of antara so they use music as a very go to uh, sort of almost fix it thing a very rapid fix it thing where you're only hearing snippets of the song and mm-hmm. uh, and that's it it felt like really abrupt and in and out that had no conviction in itself which is very unlike kashyap who's a master at using music in his films yeah exactly you know you you uh, you're right it didn't really have much punch which is very weird because you know he can really shift the mood of a scene with music if he wants to uh, they used the you know aane wala pal jaane wala hai and uh, it's a fairly obvious kind of reference um, you mentioned in your review that they used time after time uh, yeah. in the spanish one yeah which is i guess you know this is a direct translation of that so it's fine uh i i as you know i have a fondness for synth scores so yeah. i can never be too mad at it even though uh i was a bit uh, disappointed when i realized that uh, the sources probably like stranger things inspired them to do it rather than like i don't know john carpenter or something like that but uh, yeah it um, Uh, to me it didn't bother me as much i guess as it did you but um, uh, it um, it didn't really uh, work on any level and uh, yeah i uh, as in it didn't work on a deeper level at least i i did uh, i didn't mind the shore police score though i have to say it was just it didn't really uh, do anything special for me yeah that's that's the thing so the background score itself wasn't a problem to me like the synth score 80 score First of all, I'm not aware of Stranger Things as much, so I didn't mind it at all. <coughs> But I minded the way they use songs, like Pari, Neeti Mohan's version of Pari, um, when she's basically going from when the Antra character is going from one place to another, when she's basically gone from uh, trying to convince the cops at the swimming pool that there's something wrong to mm. uh, one location to another, they just slip in this. part of that song and it immediately disappears almost as if like they're trying to tell us that you know she's going through some conflict in her head but it's not coming across visually it's not coming across through the narrative so they are using songs as a last ditch effort and they're only using one paragraph or two paragraphs of the song um not the whole song so it's a very unconventional almost very jarring use of um songs itself the background score i didn't mind at all i thought it was in fact quite nice but now that i mean now that you mentioned snippets and we had talked about inception i'm reminded of the dpf song in in inception which is again used in kind of a similar manner you know comes and goes uh, during transitions again between uh you know the realities and uh, so yeah that might have been a thought uh, here also like more inception yeah interesting it probably didn't come across well enough um yeah so i i guess <clears throat> is there anything else about dobara no i think that's pretty much it yeah yeah so <clears throat> that's pretty much it on our part um, as far as dobara anurag kashyap's new film is concerned i'm guessing it's going to drop on netflix in the near future uh, it's right now running in theaters um and uh, yeah and we will uh, there is liger releasing this week which is the new vijay devrakonda his hindi film debut if i'm not mistaken um and there is the new season of delhi crime that's releasing on netflix this week which i've been looking forward to admittedly 
um so yeah hopefully we'll be back at the end of the month uh, maybe early next month to be discussing whatever we watched um till then thank you for listening and do write into us if you have any suggestions um and um, yeah write into us at our email address is rahulnoles at gmail and bhatia dot dot ud at gmail dot com and um, uh, thanks for listening and see you soon.